Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice of law, I guess, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com, or by phone at 215-259-3687. So I'm talking to you today about suing the city of Philadelphia. Uh, I'm getting ready to sue the city on a case where a young man died, and, you know, there's some basic parts of a case against the city or against the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania that are, you know, a little unique to those cases. But the bottom line is, just like any other personal injury case, you got to have a good case. You know, there's no point in bringing a weak case for no reason. You know, as lawyers, we just try not to do it. Sometimes it happens because the case changes. But for the most part, if you bring a weak case, you're going to lose. It's just so why would you do that? Well, you know, it does. <laughs> you try not to. And you try not to in a bunch of different ways. But lawyers who don't do a lot of personal injury practice are, you know, scared of suing the city because they feel like, well, there's specific rules with the city and they're hard to prove. So one of the major rules with the city is something under the, you can look it up on the web under the Tort Claims Act. Basically, theoretically, you got to be able to show something called permanent, um, I think it's permanent impairment of a bodily function. So, you know, that sounds like you lost your leg or something, but it's really not in practice. So all that phrase permanent impairment of bodily function means is that you got to, you know, have a doctor saying you've got permanent impairment of a bodily function. Okay. So, you know, if you slipped and fell and you had surgery and they had to cut your shoulder open, um, and they had to cut some muscles. That certainly sounds like you've got impairment of a bodily function to me. You know, it may not be a big function, but it's a function. Furthermore, if they had to cut you open, they left a scar behind. Now, the scar may not be particularly impressive, but the law says that it's permanent impairment of a bodily function, and that's been interpreted to mean scarring. So, you know, I got a 55-year-old man who doesn't care that much about a scar he had on his shoulder from rotator cuff surgery, but you know, it's a scar. So have I surpassed the burden of, or the threshold of permanent impairment of a bodily function? Yes, I have. <laughs> Easy enough. He's got a little baby scar. No big deal. That's what the law says. Okay. So if you're a lawyer who doesn't know that, then you're going to make a mistake. You know, you're going to give the client bad advice and that's not real helpful, you know? So you got to have a lawyer who does this stuff and who's not afraid of, of pushing uh, the boundaries of what's permissible. The statute or the law that controls these cases against the city also requires that you have more than $2,500 in medical bills. <clears throat> All right, well, that's not usually very difficult in a good case. As Like I said, you don't want to bring a bad case or a weak case. So the 2500 medicals shouldn't be a hard thing to surpass, especially if you're having surgery. And, you know, the other interesting requirement that is screwed up more than 
others is you got to give notice to the city of Philadelphia within six months of the injury or you're barred from suing them. Now, the statute of limitations, which applies to all cases, is two years from the date of the injury in most cases. But, you know, the city has this special protection that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they don't do anything with it but and I think it'll be challenged eventually but the law is you got to give them six months notice within the time from the injury okay so even though the statute of limitations is two years city gets six months simple enough right but it happens occasionally that someone's injured and they try and negotiate with the city and they get frustrated and you know someone drops the ball or they don't see a lawyer within the first six months so if you don't see a lawyer within the first six months, you know, you're trying to kind of blame a non-lawyer for something that a lawyer should know or do. So if, you know, this family came to me recently with a very serious case against the city, the first thing I did was send off my tort claims letter to the Commonwealth and to the city and to PennDOT. So, and that's just kind of like lawyer covering your ass, but if you don't know what you're doing, you don't regularly practice personal injury, or you're a layperson like a non-lawyer, you know, you're going to screw that up. Now, can I unscrew what my non-lawyer client did if they failed to meet the six-month deadline? Yeah, there's there's case law talking about, okay, well, you know, we're going to give the injured individual a break because they didn't know and they're not really expected to know the, the intricacies of the law. But, you know, it's a small practice point, but it's one that's worth understanding is like, we practice personal injury. It's all we do. We know what we're doing. Good, bad, or indifferent, like, we're trying to make a living doing this. So you got to trust that a lawyer is going to know it better than you, better than a Google search. And, you know, it's that's what, to some extent, you're paying for when you pay my, you know, fees at the end of the case, is you're paying for all this reasonable advice and weaving you through this kind of you know, what what doesn't seem like a complicated process to me, but it seems like a lot of rules and stuff to know for your layperson. So, all right, so let's say you get to your lawsuit. You've got, you know, for example, I had a guy who slipped and fell in a hole, tore his rotator cuff, a pothole in the city, and had surgery. Okay, nice case, but And I filed my tort claims notice. I sued the city. We head for depositions. My guy is deposed and examined, and I have his surgeon say, yep, the fall caused the rotator cuff tear. All right. Now, is there anything else unique about suing the city? Well, the weird thing about the city is, unlike a lot of cities, they haven't bothered to kind of institute an early claims evaluation process. So when you have a case against the city of Philadelphia, I think good practice requires you to put it into suit as quickly as possible once you know what the case is about because the city doesn't do any pre-suit negotiation. They don't even really think about the case until it's literally almost the eve of trial. I've had one or two cases against the city every year. I always kind of get one or two good ones and put them in, but I've never had one that settled before the Thursday before jury selection. So, right, why is that? Well, uh, in a kind of a weird 
law universe. The city of Philadelphia has meetings about what money to put on what cases, and the meetings are the Thursday before jury selection. And in Philadelphia, most of the juries are picked on Fridays, and the case starts on Mondays. So basically, the city has come up with this cockamamie plan where they may have evaluated the case beforehand, but there's no money put on the case until, you know, really the night before trial starts. So that's what I tell my clients. Well, we're going to, no matter how strong your case is, we are going to go to the night before trial starts uh, before we see any real money of any sort on this case. So that's what you got to expect. Now, if you, if you know you're going to get real money at some point, fine, you can wait. If you know that you're going to, you know, get silly offers up until then, all right, fine. But as the lawyer doing this a lot, you know, <laughs> the only reaction you can get on my side is, all right, I'm going to put my case into suit as quickly as I can possibly imagine so that I get to that point where a person is making a legitimate decision on my case as soon as possible. All right. Does that make sense? Like you don't want to dither and waste six to nine months evaluating your case if you could just waste that six to nine months during the litigation process, which is 15 months long usually, because you're not going to get a real offer in six to nine months after I've evaluated it. The city's going to take its time until the night before trial. So if you know that, you know, as soon as you send your tort claims letter in, you might as well file suit. That's kind of how I look at these cases. There's no pre-suit negotiation. So... You know, it's not because the city is is difficult or like, you know, State Farm, they they undervalue your case and force you to do all this, this, that, and the other thing. It's because the city just doesn't, they've got too many cases, their lawyers are overworked, and, you know, they really don't take a look and evaluate what the real value is until literally the night before. So, um, you know, I'd say once in a blue moon I have case, I've had one case settle at pretrial. So that's, you know, a month before trial. So I should correct what I said earlier, but that's, you know, that's the unusual case. And I'll tell you, that was a little unusual because my client was in jail. And in Philadelphia, you're supposed to be on 24 hours notice or ready to try your case on 24 hours notice by a phone call from the court. And with a client in jail, you can't do that. So I had to tell Judge Young that my client was in jail (laughs) and I could not be ready. And so we eventually worked out a settlement with the city. And uh, my client's about to get out of jail. So that's good. Anyway, enough about suing the city. Hope you have a great day. This has been Ask Andy. I hold people accountable.